0: This podcast of the Model Health Show is presented to you by Sean Stevenson with Rare Gym Productions. For more information, visit the seanstevensonmodel.com.
1: Welcome to the Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson here with my amazing talented <laughs> gifted co-host and producer <laughs> Jade Harrell. What's up Jade?
0: What's up Sean?
1: How are you today?
0: Today I am limit Limit-a-rated.
1: limit a rated yes limit I am
0: liberated from my limits
1: Oh, come on limit now a rated.
0: Like limit a rated
1: i like that limit i like that i like it a lot i like it a lot
0: <laughs> i'm glad you do because it feels great for today. me too Thank you got you. those
1: you got those nice earrings going we thought your earrings would be a problem right. today. I felt wounded. It was a there was a noise going on in the studio. We thought it was those huge, beautiful earrings.
0: Thank you. But yeah, you got the
1: vibe going. These yes. These were made
0: by a woman who supplies her, gets her supplies from other women in other countries mm, to empower that. them.
1: Yes, that so, that's beautiful right it's a, there. It's a global thing. So it's um, uh, clothing with a meaning. Yes, as with well. purpose. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's this concept, and I talk about this in Sleep Smarter, actually. Um, Form over fashion, you know, or function over fashion, because sometimes we uh, unknowingly, because we want to look a certain way or to appear, um, you know, fashionable, we'll sacrifice our health, you know, Uh, shout out to. Uh, stilettos. Oh All right.
0: man, you got If you've me. seen
1: your bone structure with those on, I mean, you look cute. Thank you. You look cute. For now. <laughs> Ladies, but the bone structure though, you know. Yeah.
0: later on, not so cute. <laughs> Even by the end of the night, not so cute. But the there's, you know, and, and I
1: gotta say, there's always ways to, okay. you know, involve those kind of things. But it's just, you don't want to live in, in those kind of heels. Like yeah. some women have sacrificed, like, um. Mariah Carey, for example. Yeah. Let's talk about Mariah Carey. Mariah. Apparently, she she walks on her tippy toes now. Because she yeah, wore the but my who knows? You know, she's <laughs> she's a little cray cray. But a couple you know, folks know. Shout out to um, one sweet day. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to uh, what's that one which she did with old old DB?
0: Oh my gosh. Fantasy. Um, yeah.
1: Shout out to Fantasy. <laughs> Me and Mariah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so <laughs> much for tuning into the show today. We've got an incredible guest, yeah. and I'm very excited. This topic matters a lot Mm -hmm. and her work has really permeated into the work of many other of the of the top experts out there that you're hearing from um she's really created a a a classic in this book and she has a new version coming out which she made me swear an oath basically you know (laughs) i had to like prick my finger and send her some blood blood sample (laughs) to get the (laughs) to get an advanced look at the book and Uh so i've just been going through it and it's so enlightening and so refreshing and uh, this is for those who really want to take this to another level, okay. to really uh, create an in-depth understanding of nutrition and human health. Absolutely. This is one of those books that's definitely going to be at the, uh, at the forefront of that learning for you. So uh, it's going to be amazing. I'm heard
0: to share that with us. Two
1: quick things yeah. I want to share. Really, Well, it's kind of three. It's kind of two and a half. All right. Number one. <laughs> two and a quarter. Washington, D.C. Yeah. Be ready. Uh-oh. I'm on my way there. Uh-oh. I'm coming there. It's going to be mid-January, so Mm -hmm. if you want to come out and hang out with me, head over to themodelhealthshow.com forward slash DC, all right, themodelhealthshow.com forward slash DC to get the information, find out where we're going to be, we're going to have a great time, can't wait to hang out with you guys, so Mm -hmm. Uh head over there, check that out ASAP, also, guys, it's that season, Yes, right, it's that season. Got Organifi right Has here. Returned. All right. <laughs> We've got to make sure our immune system is up to par. And as you're going to learn today, it's definitely not about taking these synthetic um, made from who knows what, like carpet <laughs> shreddings or whatever, <laughs> to make multivitamins that you don't know what you're getting. These are, This is using earth-grown nutrients here in Organifi. We've got the organic wheatgrass, which is loaded with vitamins, minerals, phytonutrients, uh, amino acids, 17 amino acids in there. We've also got the Organic chlorella. I've been yeah. talking about chlorella lately. Uh got chlorella growth factor. One of the most powerful detoxifiers. It's great for your liver, great for your thyroid. Perfect. Get those heavy metals Something out like you. That, yeah. Get those out of your body. Yes, 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 yes. All right, organic spirulina as well. One of my favorite things of all time. 70%, over 70% protein by weight. Uh, beta carotene. Phycocyanin. Yes. What do you know about phycocyanin?
0: I know huh? that I need it. Phycocyanin. <laughs>
1: it's one of those things that influences your stem cell production mm-hmm. there are very few things in this reality that can do that and mm-hmm. that kind of magic sauce is in there in organifi and of course we've got the ashwagandha we've got the co- coconut water that makes it taste nice Yummy. the mint mm-hmm. check it out if you're not using organifi yet you need to get on it this is something that is a daily thing something i give to my kids yes you've got to get on the organifi green juice head over to organifi dot com forward slash model
0: and they have the cool little convenient packs yeah, take Yes, the to-go packs. I've got that yes. as well.
1: I use these. I always bring these with me when I'm traveling. So mm-hmm. if you want to get on the good stuff and make sure that you're protecting your body, protecting your cells, protecting your health, this is where you get that extra health insurance. Your food first, yeah, but this is covering those additional bases rather than spending your money on things that are really waste. You know, these synthetic vitamins and minerals that your body doesn't necessarily know what to do with. Mm-hmm. All right. So head over, check them out, Organifi.com forward slash model. That's Organifi dot com forward slash model. Use the checkout code model. That's m o d e l. You're gonna get 20% off. 20? Tw- twenty percent <laughs> off. Twenty. Twenty.
0: Twenty percent off
1: forever. All right. <laughs> forever. Every time you head over and you buy your Organifi, you're gonna get twenty percent off. So check them out. Also today, I have my. Um, my favorite tea right mm-hmm. now. It's, I'm really vibing mm-hmm. with reishi. But that's a whole other story. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> and I have my pumpkin spice oh, MCT man. oil, yes, emulsified yes, MCT oil. Mine. And our guest can probably talk about MCT oil. Can't wait to hear what she has to say about it. But this is immediate cell food. This is incredibly important mm-hmm. for your brain, your nervous system. And... Your literally every cell in your body, your cell membranes. You gotta have those healthy fats. Mm-hmm. So and it, this pumpkin spice tastes amazing. The <laughs> limited, t- limited time. <laughs> That's a I did. loving I said pumpkin. Pumpkin. That means pumpkin. you love it. That was That's my one of my nicknames when I was a kid. <laughs> did they
0: call you? Yeah. Pumpkin? not
1: they. It's just my. Your just grandma? My, yeah, just my mom, my grandma. Yeah, oh, it was pumpkin. wasn't out on the streets. I didn't go outside okay. and like, hey pumpkin. Right. And I'm like, is this because I'm kind of. Orange? I don't know. I don't know.
0: Because you're so sweet, <laughs> pumpkin. I
1: used to actually tell people that, that I was part orange because I ate a lot of cheese. Oh, and I'm not kidding. Yeah. Like when I was five years old, I'd be like, you know, I'd stay all the all the mixture melting pot that I am. I'm like, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. And I'm part cheese, cheese. Because I, ate a lot, you know, I'm part orange because I eat a lot of cheese. Okay. Anyways. That's, so, that's
0: a vivid, broad imagination. I love
1: This it. was a limited time for the pumpkin spice MCT mm-hmm. oil. They've got the strawberry, the vanilla, the... Um, Coconut, check them out, it.com forward slash model. That's O-N-N-I-T dot forward slash model. Plus, we've got the Hemp Force Protein, mm-hmm. all the fitness mm-hmm. equipment. Head over, check them out, get on the good stuff. Now, let's get to the iTunes review of the week.
0: All right. I don't know if you're ready for this one. It's pretty special. You have saved my friend's life. Five stars. Dear Sean and Jade, tonight, a miracle happened. Let me back up. I heard you on Shayleen's podcast talking about your new sleep book. I immediately subscribed to your podcast and haven't missed an episode. I ordered your book, and I sent it to my best friend who hasn't slept without medication for over 20 years and has suffered from depression most of her adult life. As a friend, I tried to help her find natural ways to end her suffering, but nothing has worked until now. Tonight we spoke on the phone, and I am bursting with love and pride. She is using your book to sleep without medication. She is eating nutritious food as medicine for her depression. She is meditating to ease her anxiety. Your book has saved my friend from a life of insomnia and anxiety. There are no words to express how grateful I am. You have saved a life that is precious to her friends and family. You have saved the life of a woman who serves many in her medical profession. May you live with love, kindness, and compassion all your days. Namaste, Elizabeth.
1: Wow. Oh, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's kind of hard to talk about. That's really powerful. And I'm just grateful. Thank you. Thank you.
0: That's a life. Yeah. That was saved from anxiety and depression. I know what that means for you.
1: So, everybody, thank you so much for leaving these reviews on iTunes. It means the world to me and then some. I appreciate it truly. All right. And special shout out to you and, and tell your friend I said hi yeah. as well. Give yeah. him a hug. Okay. All right. Now let's get to our special guest and our topic of the day. Today we have a legend. She's a living legend. Yeah. Uh, Kate Shanahan, MD, is a board certified family physician. She trained in biochemistry and genetics. Two of my favorite topics. <laughs> Going to nerd out together today. Oh, boy. At Cornell University before attending Robert Wood Johnson Medical School. For 10 years, she practiced medicine in Hawaii where she studied ethnobotany and the culinary habits of her healthiest patients. She currently runs a metabolic health clinic in Denver, Colorado, hey, and hey. serves as the director of the Los Angeles Lakers Pro Nutrition Program. And I'd like to welcome to the Model Health Show, Dr. Kate Shanahan. How are you doing today, Kate?
2: I'm doing I'm doing good. I'm trying to stay warm here. It's a winter arrived day. But I'm really excited to be on your show, and that's keeping me warm inside. Oh, oh wow. come on. You, <laughs> you the best. Just, yeah. You're the best.
1: You're the best. We've already bonded. You know, when, when you made me take the oath
2: <laughs> for getting <did>. your book, <laughs> yes, she was like, your
1: firstborn uh-huh. shall be named <laughs> Kate if thou dost give this book away. So uh, it's oh, amazing, God. and I'm just grateful to have you on, and your, your story is amazing. Um, the, the information in the book is just so powerful. And if you could, I'd like to start with um, your story. You know, I'd love to know a little bit more of your superhero origin story. What got you interested in health and fitness and and wellness and medicine in the first place?
2: I I think I was born a baby doc. Some of my earliest memories. My my dad's actually a doctor, but um, it had to be. Yeah, I was thinking about this after I got your your question, um, and I, I think it really had to be when I was something like four or five, and my dad was in medical school. He took me to his anatomy class. We walked to uh, we were in Philadelphia, and we walked from our house to Temple University into the anatomy lab, and uh, onto this table where there was a person or a, I mean, it was a dead body, but they had been like all kind of pulled apart, their skin peeled off. And I was just absolutely fascinated that there was stuff inside, and um, from because I had never thought about it, right? Like mm-hmm. I knew I had skin, and if I cut myself, the blood would come out. And I thought I thought it was, you know, I never really thought about what was in there, but that was just so fascinating. So from that moment forward, I just knew I would be a doctor, wow. and so that's what got me interested in health. What got me interested in nutrition was. Uh, my own health problem. When I was in Hawaii practicing uh, medicine, I developed a knee problem, and it was pretty awful. I could not walk for a long time for you know two years, and um, nobody knew what was r- wrong with it. I went to surgeons, I went to specialists. They were like, you know, we we can't really see it. There's no explanation. We don't know what's going on. You look fine to me. And mm, um, yeah. But yeah, it was pretty frustrating and my boss was, uh, uh, not very understanding either. And, um, you know, he was really giving me a hard time, so it was hard for me to work even. And, uh, so ultimately my husband told me, you know, maybe all that sugar that you eat, uh, could not, you know, maybe it would be better if you were an insect or, or something, but you're <laughs> not. And, um, I, I had a lot of sugar, uh, I should let you know that I confess I had uh, a special sauce that I made for myself to pour in my coffee, a caramel sauce that each serving had a quarter cup of sugar that I would pour into my coffee. Special Um,
1: sauce to say the least. Oh, my goodness.
2: (laughs) I made it myself because on Hawaii, we didn't have a lot of like flavorings. Uh You know, you had to do a lot of stuff yourself. Did you
1: have a name for it?
2: No, my husband did. He called it my insect juice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness.
2: So, yeah. So anyway, so he gave me um, a a copy of Andrew Weil's book called Spontaneous Healing. And in there uh, I read about omega-3 fats. And at that point in time, this was the early 2000s, I had never heard of this. This was not something that first graders learn about. Uh, You know, everybody now knows fish oil and omega-3 fats are are good for you. But I didn't. And I felt like uh, that was a major, major oversight and i needed to know everything that i could possibly find out about fats and why some were good and some were bad and what was going on there so um even though i couldn't walk i got a plane ticket and uh, flew to oahu to the medical bookstore over there and got a biochemistry book which i read cover to cover and um and then another book um that i ran into called nutrition and physical degeneration by a dentist who was actually a real genius who lived in the the early part of the 1900s. And his book came out before World War Two. And it was it was a real eye opening book because what he did was look for healthy people, which was a very important concept that I really uh, was I recognized was a big missing link in our medical education. We don't understand what health is. We know what disease is and we know, you know, we can rattle off about a thousand different kinds of diseases in alphabetical order. But if you ask a doctor to define what health is, it's hard for us to do it without saying, well, it's just the absence of disease. But mm. that's not that's not it. That's not all there is to it. Yeah. So that you have to kind of get into you know more Eastern concepts from from there. But this this doctor, Weston Price, actually um, let uh, in his book, he kind of quantified that it has to do with how you look as well and that your body. Um, should grow a certain way. You should have space for all the the teeth in your mouth. You shouldn't need glasses like I do. Um, and that, that is what health is part of what health is. So, um, that was really my, uh, window into a whole other universe of, um, potential useful information for my patients. And Mm. after learning that, I, um, Uh, you know, that's when I kind of got inspired to go down this road of looking for more so that I could really help my patients. Yeah, that's That's such a great story. So
1: it basically changed the whole trajectory because Mm -hmm. you were trained as a conventional physician. And yet, and I see this story, and I know you see this as well. uh, Many physicians are suffering for many of the things that they're treating Mm -hmm. with their patients, you know, and this is kind of that missing component. And you've literally, you, you did a 180 with your own health, but also influencing the health of tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of other people, but then it can get to the scale of millions by all of the other physicians and health experts who who you've influenced. And you're even changing culture now, like getting into like, uh, you know, like LeBron James, like like on a paleo diet or something like that, but getting into organizations like the Los Angeles Lakers. So let's talk a little bit about that. How did that tra- transition come about? And, and are you enjoying that work? Let's talk about it. <laughs>
2: like so many changes in my life um it had to do with my husband you know (laughs) because um he uh has always been into cooking himself and uh he's always noticed that like people who cook are living in this world where you know nobody really uh, not nobody but a lot of people don't want to cook and a lot of people gauge the quality of their lives by how little time they spend in the kitchen. And then on the other end of the spectrum, there's these celebrity chefs. And it's like, there's this major disconnect. And he was like, how do we, the only way we can get people healthy is to get people really to appreciate good food, whether they make it themselves or not, but to appreciate good food. How do we do that? And, in his giant brain, um, a- asking that question, the answers he spit out was, um, sports because America yeah. loves sports. And if, uh, we could get basketball players and sports heroes to become foodies, um, then that's a major coup for health for everyone, because then they could become role models for, uh, you know, not just sports discipline and making the oodles of money, but also, uh, good patterns of eating. Mm-hmm. And so, um, he proposed to Gary Vitti, the trainer at the Los Angeles Lakers, that there were some things that they could uh, be taking advantage of mm-hmm. in terms of diet that they weren't that would help with recovery from injuries. Yeah. And at that time, it was uh, the beginning of a season where their players, a lot of their players, were older. Mm-hmm. And um, so Gary was particularly interested, it was good timing. And he actually read our book and um, gave us a call back and said, uh, you know, uh, that he said, everybody who's ever written a book has felt the need to send me a copy. Uh, you are the only person I've ever called back. And so he made sure that we knew that so that we would yeah. be um extremely appreciative, which we were, <laughs> we were anyway, <laughs> but that made it, you know, that really drilled it home. Uh, it meant a lot to us because Gary's really, uh, quite a guy and yeah. he's a legend in the NBA. And, um, then he just, uh, uh, you know, asked me a few questions, how would it work? What would it look like? What would we do? And, um, gradually brought these concepts on board over the course of, uh, like about six months.
1: Mm-hmm. And you said that at this point, and how many years ago was this?
2: This was the 2012.
1: Okay, so, so older players. So you mean season. like Steve Nash, probably? I think he was with them then. Um, yes. Kobe was starting to get older. So I'm just gonna go ahead and credit Kobe's last game with 60 points. I'm gonna credit you for that. <laughs> you weren't on the on the court, you know, doing the, you know, the. And you see me doing it. <laughs> yeah, I see. right, 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 right. You so weren't. Fast. You were making the moves, but you know, because of that. Having that leverage with uh, nutrition for recovery, also just your body's ability to do work, yep. and this is what I want to talk about next because you've got a lot of incredible insights about this. And I've said many times before on the show that today's diets are experiments. All mm-hmm. right, they're they're like experiments. Humans have tried to eat everything throughout <laughs> our human history. Like there have been people here as crazy as it sounds, guys. Humans have tried to eat sand. Humans have tried to eat soap, or like humans have tried to taste everything. Poop. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Some people still do that now. I mentioned this before. Uh, bear McGrills or whatever was his name. The the guy who basically goes out and survives in all these crazy places. Yeah, he he, he came across I some bear poop. I love that guy. Yeah, he was like, oh, well, we got to survive. Here's some bear poop, and there's some berries and nuts in here. And then he takes a little piece of the like some fruit, like yeah. fruit out of it. And he's like, yeah, it tastes like poop. I'm like, yes, man, you just ate some poop. <laughs> just, Anyways, just, let's let's as I digress. Yeah. So basically, humans have tried to eat. Everything, <laughs> all right? And they've left this lineage. They've left They've noted which foods work incredibly well. And on the far end of the spectrum, they have also noted which foods will kill you, all right? Like certain categories of, of um, poisonous mushrooms, for example. There are wonderful mushrooms that can heal you on so many levels, but then there's some that will take you out. Right. And then there's some that will do other things. You know, yeah. there's a big spectrum. <laughs> mm-hmm. But all of these foods have been noted for us. But today, most diets are guessing games, mm-hmm. all right? trying to find out what we should be eating for optimal health, whether it's the South Beach diet, Atkins diet, vegetarian diet. It's an experiment. And what you talk about is this rogue, rebellious idea that you call the human diet.
0: Whoa. It's this
1: crazy thing (laughs) called the human diet. So let's talk about what the human diet is (laughs) and why it's so appropriately named.
2: The human diet is the, the diet that will connect you to the source of health, which is nature, In the same way that your ancestors connected to nature and so it it gets back to what we used to do is very important because it's you are what you eat and we talk about these concepts in the book and think we're going to talk about them later today that what you eat directs your DNA on how to make decisions about what uh, you know what to do what to grow and stuff like this so if your your DNA has certain expectations for information from the outside world, um, and it doesn't get those those things that it was expecting, that is when we get sick. And so the human diet prevents that because it gives your body what it's expecting. And the way that we defined it was by recognizing a couple things. So our let me first uh, share with you that I do have a bias and that bias is that nature knows better than technology technology we created we're not pretty smart but nature's uh, been around a lot longer than any of us and a lot smarter um, you know, she's been able we've done a lot of cool stuff with buildings and whatnot, but she's done a lot of cool stuff with, you know, everything else that we see when we look out our window. Hopefully if you live somewhere, that's not in the inner city, you can mm-hmm. see some trees or something. Um, but, um, so, uh, that philosophy nature knows best, um, feeds into, okay, well, what is really nutrition before we had nutritionists, To answer this question before doctors got in the game, the people that decided what nutrition was were us, were the people that hunted and prepared our food. So we did what came natural to us. And in terms of like figuring out what we should and shouldn't eat, we had uh, our nose and our tongue to help guide us. Mm -hmm. So that means that nutrition tasted good to us. And so flavor is nutrition. So our um, our our like thought process was, you know what? We do have a record of what people used to eat um, that uh, everywhere around the world, no matter where it was, and that is the culinary tradition. These recipes that have been passed down from generation to generation, yeah. and. Based on that thought process, what we did was we said, well, if there is something that every single um, culture around the world shares as a common element, we better know about that because that is something that every, you know, that that, that's kind of like, oh, everybody does it. We better keep doing that. And it turns out that there were four things not just one four things that everybody did and it wasn't just that they added them to their diet these things compose the sum totality of their diet Uh and we call them the four pillars of world cuisine because they are the the underpinning of every single cuisine out there. whether you live in alaska or hawaii or france or uh, Zimbabwe, your culinary heritage includes these four pillars. It was composed of these four pillars.
1: I'm excited. Let's talk about the four pillars. Let's go. (laughs) What's the first one?
2: So the first one is fresh food. And that means, uh, you know, not adulterated in any way, basically, uh, you know, not even cooked. And ideally if it's seasonal, that'd be even better. Um, so like salad is, a perfect example, but people around the world also eat a lot of other things that are not cooked. Like in Japan, sushi is very famous mm-hmm. for it. Uh, and in, in Europe they do, um, um, uh, in Italy, there's a, a, uh, breakfast of champions that they have, which is composed of raw milk, raw cream, a raw egg, vanilla, and a little bit of honey. And of course the honey's raw too. And so a lot of Raw animal products. Why is that important? Because heat destroys nutrition, in a lot of cases, and so you get more nutrients if you have the food on un- unadulterated. Mm-hmm. So that's the first one.
1: Got it. Oh, can I can I say something here? This is really important because I'm I mean I'm glad that you brought this up. It's not just the plant kingdom, but the animal kingdom as well, and kind of changing our paradigm with that because. And what's coming to mind, for whatever reason, is um, the movie Kevin Costner, classic.
0: When he was out in the wilderness. He's
1: out in the... Uh, you know, can you guess what it is? Um,
2: dances with Wolves. Dances
1: with Wolves. Yes. With yes. Wolves. yes. 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 Look, <laughs> we have a little trivia here yeah. on the mile yeah. Show. Yeah, yes, Dances that. with with mm-hmm. Wolves. And he goes out and he's on the hunt with them. And, you know, they, they take down the buffalo and then, you know, to eat the heart, right? They eat it raw, like right there. And I see you. She just shimmied a little. <laughs> She just squirmed a little, you know, but this is something that has been done for a long, long time of consuming raw animal foods. And this is something instead of like a theory about what we should be eating. And I'm not saying that you need to go and like grab a heart out and, right. you know, do some kind of ninja stuff like and I got your heart or whatever. Right. I'm just saying that we need to open up our minds and, and to look at our history, look at our past. What have humans been doing the longest? And even before fire, humans were doing engaging in this or our, our ancestors Um, so that's a big thing that I'm glad you brought up and whether that's like, you know, raw eggs or the raw dairy products. And of course there's an intelligent way to go about these things. It's not just raw products from any old animal as well. You know, factory farmed milk. You don't want to drink that stuff if it's not pasteurized, homogenized, and now probably glowing in the dark, (laughs) you know, you got to be careful because of the potential issues with disease and things like that. But bottom line is I'm I'm so glad that you brought that up and also- Uh, When it comes to, and you said it, it's for for many occasions, not cooking is going to be advantageous, but there are places to cook. And I know you're going to talk about this later, but what we're retaining with not cooking, the enzymes, enzymatic activity of the food, there's three kinds of enzymes. There are food enzymes, which get destroyed from high heat. There are metabolic enzymes, which are basically doing jobs in your body. And then there are your digestive enzymes. And I'm of the... Uh, opinion that your body can really get taxed if you're not bringing in some food enzymes because it has to use so much of of its resources trying to break this stuff down, right? They're catalysts.
2: Nice. And another big thing that you get from these all these raw foods is antioxidants, right? So everybody's running around taking a lot of antioxidant supplements these days, but just the, the raw foods themselves, they're, they're, they're right in there. They're built right in. And uh, we want to fight, you know, oxidation is one of these processes that when uncontrolled, it, it, it promotes rapid and accelerated aging in, in addition to diseases, so... Yeah. Love yes. That. So but you brought up something very important when you said about food safety because that actually brings up me to one of the benefits of the second pillar of world cuisine. Awesome. Are we ready for that? I'm ready. Let's
1: go. I'm on my edge.
2: So that one is fermented and sprouted. And now it arose out of a practical reason, because when you have too much fresh food, say you have, you know, grown a whole bunch of cabbage or you caught like a thousand fish and your village only has like 25 people in it, you got to store that stuff. And before freezing or canning, the only way the technology that they had to use to store it was to work with nature, and the process that they use was fermentation. And fermentation is um, a uh, cooper, a coordinated effort with Mother Nature and the microbes. To uh, what we do is we give microbes a little bit of our food, and in return, these microbes are the friendly microbes, and they fight off the bad microbes for us. So. Um, it's really a battle of uh, the good guys versus the bad guys in our fermented food, and this is what ha- what's happening when the when you manufacture yogurt or when you make at home sauerkraut or make your own yogurt. And um, a lot of people don't realize, but sushi was actually a fermented food originally. Mm. They they packed it in rice and the rice had bacteria Mm -hmm. and it was used to preserve the fish. And so that, um, the, the rice would actually mold. And then when it was time to eat the fish, they would scrape off that yucky stuff on the outside. And then the, the meat and the fish would have changed a little bit and partially fermented as well. So we're now finding that, uh, you know, with all this talk about gut flora and how important they are and how complicated they are. There's like 5,000 species in there and we're completely at a loss as to like, well, what should I supplement or whatever? What we used to do was we just would ferment all these different kinds of foods. And then the bacteria, the living bacteria that were on those foods that helped to preserve it, we would be eating those and that would create the the good balance of power in our intestinal tract. So we'd have a lot more of the good guys. So even if we, uh, you know, ended up eating something that wasn't so great for us, there were enough good guys in there that they could kill the bad guys.
1: That's and so, that's <laughs> such an enlightening moment right there because we often think that we're just kind of subject to this occasion of food poisoning. But if your immune system is strong and your gut bacteria, you you have a healthy microbiome, Your body can defend you from so much stuff that you even have, you don't have any idea about because you're just too busy being healthy and feeling good. And it's just like, it's so great that you brought that up. And I'm very thankful. And I didn't want to give this away when I was talking about being able to consume animal foods, you know, fresh foods. But then I was going to share that there is another way that you can go about that when the fresh turns to fermented. And it's just really important that we are able to bring these things in, whether that you just said, it's like um, fermented fish. This is a, a... it actually many long lived cultures still do that. Uh, and I'd love for you to kind of share some insights about the different cultures that you studied as we go along here, but um, also, you know, fermented dairy, for example, has been around a long, long time. Uh, and this is something cheese. that we all can do cheese. Right. Um, but again, it's the, the quality of those things is paramount. You know, where, where do you, where are your sources for these foods? And um, recently, we were we cracked a, a few eggs, you know, so we got some some eggs from this really amazing farm, local farm. They're doing stuff right. Great. And you see that yolk was like so yeah. like golden. Yes. Right. Yes. And then you see the typical the egg and it was knows. like this pale yellow, yeah. yeah. barely yellow. It yeah. was like uh, blello. <laughs> right. And then you see this beautiful golden. And then you just know like, well, that looks mm-hmm. more nutritious. Mm-hmm. And your ancestors probably went off of those cues as well. By looking at your food, smelling your food, yeah. actually tasting it for. But now it's like there's so much safety people. You don't you're you're disconnected from that part yeah. of where your food is coming from. You get the end product. So you don't have any of that. And you just trust that it's safe. Mm-hmm. Right. And you, your tastes aren't acute or are they aren't tuned in to testing for safety or not, you know, sure. and it's just something I just kinda of want to point people to. But
0: well, your awareness too. Yeah. So until my grandmother said, Those aren't eggs, and she mm. says, These are eggs. Right. Yeah. And she said sound Take like a crocodile look. done. Right. Though? That that's out not a me. knife. That's not <laughs> that's a knife. Yeah. Now that's exactly. And before, I mean it was the only understanding that I had. And when she showed me that it was really profound. Yeah. And, sh- and she said, that's what life and sunshine
2: looks mm. like inside
0: eating food. It. So Love it.
2: I connected I got, with that right away. I got verbally hand slapped in a grocery store when <laughs> I was uh, a teenager. And I was like trying to get, you know, I was just like shopping for apples. And it was like, in- it was like instinctive that you pick it up and you smell it. Right. Cause you you know, you should smell your food before you eat. It. I know it's like weird now we don't do that, but it's instinctive. And some lady was like, that's disgusting. Huh. And, <laughs> and I, and I was like, Oh my God. And I put it back down and uh. I was like feeling all guilty. But, but then, you know, then I, after I grew up and, uh, started watching TV shows and educated myself on things and TV shows, <laughs> you know, you, you see these uh, cooking shows and travel shows mm-hmm. and they've got open markets and that's what people do. They mm-hmm. pick up the, the food, they pinch it, they yeah. manhandle it and, you know, they get all in there with it because to, mm-hmm. to, they want to know what they're buying. They want to know what they're putting into their body. So, yeah. you know, if I if I had thought about it, I would have said, you know, what's really disgusting is not knowing what you're putting into your body. Yes. But, you oh, know, so good 30 years later <laughs> right, right. that's so good what i would have said and you know
1: and then of course like you just said so like these top chefs but also something that's very um you know kind of bougie can be you know is this wine experience you uh, know and tasting yeah, yeah, fine yeah. wines yes. and we stick th- i mean they, you gotta stick that nose in that glass right <laughs> and that's something that's acceptable but smelling your apple at the store but it's just it's conditioning you know, It's like, ew, what are you doing, little right, cat? Right. Oh, my God. Right. Get away but from that. in reality, that's the thing that we <laughs> should be doing is paying attention to our senses mm-hmm. to get a, a connection with our food. And I think that's the healing of itself. So let's move on to the third pillar.
2: Third pillar. Ready. Okay. So the third pillar is meat on the bone. And this was one of the favorites at the Lakers. It still is. There's, they're still doing this program. And what meat on the bone gets you or what it's made out of is meat where you cook the meat and you use the bone and all the other parts that come with the meat. So um, there's benefits for cooking meat with fat on it that have to do with preserving the flavor and preserving the protein value. But when you also include the bone and the ligament and the skin um, in like a soup, uh, for example, you're getting you're extracting nutrients from these collagen bearing uh, animal parts that are that have the long names like glycosaminoglycan glycan and collagen hydrolysate and proteoglycan and all these things, but they actually give you very unique benefits and it's almost like a missing food group. Yeah. So that when you eat them They do not get broken down by the digestive system, which was something that just like was not predicted. Doctors used to um, poo-poo the idea that you could get any benefit from the supplement glycosaminoglycan, which is uh, made from these things, um, because they said, well, it, it would just be digested. But it actually gets a free pass through the digestive system, escaping all the digestive enzymes that would break it down, and it travels in the bloodstream and goes to the your joints, if there's an injury in any of your joints, this Mm. is, this has been shown by radio labeling these molecules and and mice, little injured joints. And, um, they have a name for it. It's called tropism. So it's attracted to the joint that is damaged. And in that joint, it helps promote healing because it turns on these cells that lay down collagen, which is what your joints need, your joints love collagen. Um, They're made out of collagen. You know, your tendons and everything um, uh, are made out of this stuff. And so the, the cells in response to these molecules from bone broth, basically, um, the fibroblasts will start spitting out more collagen to help strengthen your joints. And the same thing happens in your skin. So uh, I get letters from people all the time telling me that, you know, they can't believe their skin is glowing and uh, they get compliments from their friends and their hair is much thicker, their nails grow faster, and one lady even said that um, she had a friend that asked her if she had done Botox. And she said, no, not Botox, bone broth. <laughs> love that. I like that. That's,
1: That's t-shirt, t-shirt worthy was, right she there.
2: My, she's already
0: given me like five different slogans.
1: You know what? There's so much <laughs> here already. Um, the glycosaminoglycan. So uh, these are essentially, if people listen to the name, glyco, that is in there. These are essential sugars mm-hmm. in a way. You know, you hear about essential proteins. You hear about essential fatty acids. What about this other group? It's really kind of villainized and in many ways it should be because of the way that we are consuming. These are not the polysaccharides, the things that we're talking about, but these are really healing uh, compounds. Isn't that right?
2: Exactly. And they don't come from like fruit or starchy food. They are molecular combinations of sugar, like you said, with, uh, amino acids, you know, which are the building blocks of protein. So, um, they come from, uh, animal products and I get a lot of questions from like vegans. Is there anything similar in the plant world? And the, there actually is something very similar, not exactly the same. So we don't know if it would have the same benefits, but theoretically it could. And it comes from seaweed because, yeah. um, the, the technology to hold plants and animals together is actually very similar. And it's the same combinations of, um, amino acid and protein that seaweed uses to hold the individual seaweed plant cells together. So, um, there's a, there's a vegan, um, joint supplements that are made out of out of these things, but they're not as well tested. You know, I, yeah. I couldn't promise you that they would help, but there's some reason to believe that they would.
0: Yeah.
1: And this is something that's been, again, those long lived cultures that you started off talking about, has it been implemented into their diets for thousands and thousands of years as sea veggies, mm-hmm. you know, so the noris, kelp, dulse, sea palm, wakame, arame. I've had all of these and I continue to have them on a pre- pretty regular basis. And I'm so glad you brought this up because they're rich in polysaccharides, right? These kind of essential sugars that do really cool things in your body. Uh, Another thing, I just want you to give like a bottom line for us on this, but doesn't collagen kind of hold us together, right?
2: Without collagen, we would disintegrate into small piles of individual cells. And if you put us on top of water, we would look like pond scum.
1: That's not T shirt worthy. Not T shirt worthy. Know. I
2: think so.
1: This reminds me of the original X Men movie. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that oh, guy? Yeah, yeah. He like turned into a like some kind of a frog or something, yeah. but then he turned into like goo, like liquid, whatever. And yeah. there were sound effects. That mute that mutation probably <laughs> pulled out all of his collagen he couldn't hold himself together. See? Um you yeah. Saw that.
2: <laughs> for that, athletes, for me. Uh, the best athletes they must have the best collagen yeah. because uh, it is really like the collagen molecules in our body that give us this uh, durability. And athletes of all people have to be extremely durable. And it, it's also essential to like being active and healthy into long life is as having good top quality collagen. Awesome. So. Keeping bone broth, you know, especially for a child, um, they can actually build more robust connective tissue that, with collagen in the diet than, with, than they could without it. So that's why I say it's kind of like a missing food group. We want to think yeah. about it with the kids. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, yes. Exactly.
1: Um, so let's move on to the next pillar, the final pillar.
2: And I saved this for last because it's the best. <laughs> organ meats. Okay. Now you, you already kind of actually brought up the, the, uh, the idea that, you know, when people hunt an animal and, uh, the, the hunters go out and they risk their lives trying to find fight, fight down a wild boar, you know, back in the day when we didn't have bullets and couldn't do it from a safe distance. Um, it was, it was really a, uh, a daily, um, trial and, they would be all hyped up on that testosterone and they'd be slicing the thing open and taking out the um, the guts because it would make it easier to carry back for everybody, but they didn't waste the organ meats. And so there's in a lot of cultures, the hunters get the first dibs at the liver or, and or the heart and they will eat it raw. And on um, Hawaii, there's some old time Filipino um, guys that told me that, That were my patients that said, yeah, that's what we did. You know, we, they would, it would be a pig too, right? Where, you know, trichinosis and all these red flags come up as a doctor. Um, But that's what they did. And, you know, maybe because they had uh, all the good bacteria in their gut, maybe, uh, you know, who knows what, but this these, uh, these guys that told me about it, they were like in their sixties and seventies and they were fine. No sign of trichinosis anywhere in the body. Uh, and, and of course I'm definitely not saying go out and do that and it will be safe. But, um, but it's just like, these are things that people used to do and it's associated, it was associated with toughness, right? It was like a trial, right? You, proved yourself worthy you could kill an animal now you get the reward of this thing eating this slimy thing and uh you know you're hungry you worked up your appetite from hunting it's going to taste a little bit better and and they loved it i mean they talk about the, uh, the the guys that i spoke with talked about it like with these memories of this, like you, the way some people talk about wine, like, Oh, that bottle was just like, it was a little bit of, um, you know, uh, cigar notes and blah, blah, blah. Well, they would have those same kind of intense memories and feelings around these experiences that they had and eating was such a more intense experience. And, you know, we can't really capture all that, but Uh, you know, these days, because unless you really do go out and hunt and do all that. But, um, but I just like the I just like people to understand that our relationship with food was kind of it was primal. And it was almost a transcendental or religious experience, you know, and, and, So now contrast to now fast forward, Mm. uh, where we basically, you know, when, when we're going shopping, we bought, we choose our food based on price, you know, and it's just like such a completely different mindset. And, um, a lot of folks ask me, okay, so you talk about like getting pastured food and organic. Well, it's expensive. I'm not sure that I want to reprioritize all of my, you know, my whole family savings and everything like that towards a, such a higher percentage towards food. And and that's totally fine. But there's a cost to it. You know, as I, I'm not going to tell you, there's not a cost. You know, you do what you can do and be proud of what you can do. But um, but the more that you can do, the more you will be rewarded. Mm,
1: I love that. And you brought it up an important point. Uh, we're making a lot of our decisions for what we eat based on price, also convenience and of course, taste. But our tastes have been Attacked. You know, our tastes hijacked. are very deranged. They, our
2: taste buds have been hijacked Yeah, by artificial flavors and, uh, you know, Doritos and sugar in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's a natural flavor, technically. But in the quantities and the purity and the concentration that we consume it, it's really, it should be considered artificial. It's a, you know, it's a, a refined chemical. Uh-huh. What I hear more, too, is the idea of
0: how... Currency came after, you know, and we lost the idea that health is our currency. Mm. Nutrition, <laughs> totally. Nutrition is is the wealth, and genetic we wealth. We, that, that's yeah. you,
2: you're right, uh, exactly. You're thinking the same way because th- we actually call it genetic wealth. I love that. Um, so that, that where we, uh, you know, as Americans. When we look at a place like China, where people are subsistence farmers, um, and we say that's poverty, hmm. but you look at them and they're making their own food. Their food is fresh. They love their food. They're proud of it. They're out there working. They're in, you know, touch with nature and touch with traditions. They've got somebody in the kitchen working the way that you know they're proud of what they're doing, and they're healthy, you know, I mean, they're, they're doing all this work and they're not on 12 different prescriptions in their sixties, the way Americans are Mm. and their children are healthy. Their children are intelligent. They're, you know, they don't have these learning disorders that are becoming so common now. So it's, it is, we, we look down on it and we say, we need to lift people out of this. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that we want to have, you know, return to serfdom or anything like that. But I'm saying we need to give it the respect of what it is.
1: Okay. Yeah. I love that. That's a great summary for that point, which is, you know, respecting the human diet, you know, whether or not we agree with it, you know, in our theories of what we should be eating, this is what humans have been doing the longest. And I'm, that's why I wanted to have you on was to share that fact so we can just get back in touch with it and maybe consider maybe this is something that my genes might be expecting me to have, you know, because exactly. there are some really interesting compounds. So let's really, really quickly, can we talk about some of the kind of really rare nutrients, or, uh, especially in the in the amounts that they're available in different organ meats?
2: Yeah, so um, liver has, it, liver is like the best source of some B vitamins and an excellent source of iron as well. And um, doctors in the 19, you know, in the early part of the, uh, 1900s, they before we had iron pills. If somebody was anemic, if their blood counts were low. They they would just tell their patients to have some more liver. And so now we have dehydrated liver pills. Um, bone marrow is a uh, a source of some very special fatty acids that are actually branched, which is unusual, and uh, have very uh, uh, so, so important beneficial effects on our own white blood cells, on our own immune system. And um, it's kind of an example of like helps like, because our immune system lives in our bone marrow. That's where our white blood cells are born. Um, another example um, is, um, uh, well, like tripe. So tripe is another, uh, tripe comes from, uh Cow stomach, and uh, it's a base of one of uh, Mexico's uh, really uh, traditional cultural soups called Menudo. Uh, The band Menudo was (laughs) named after the soup, if you remember that back in the 80s. (laughs) Shout out to Ricky Martin. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so that was made with uh, tripe. And when you boil tripe, you also get a lot of those glycosaminoglycans. and so, so that's just like a, kind of the tip of the iceberg. There's, there's so many other examples of like healing, like, like there's fat that you get in the back of the eye. There's this soup that I actually like. It's called Filipino fish head soup that includes uh, the fish head and the eyes are in there. And there's um, the, the fat behind the fish eye is loaded with vitamin A, which is incredibly healthy for our own eyes. So again, it's kind of like, like helps like yeah. nature wants to make things simple for us.
1: Well, I think. Right. Exactly. And so the same thing with thyroid, you know, people taking a more of a, a quote, natural source of thyroid. Um, they're going to take desiccated thyroid, for example, It's one of the common things that's used today in medicine. Um, but so some people right now are really getting it. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to up my game with this. And some people are like
2: i eh. eh. going to do that, eh. Eh. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and
1: it's just understanding that th- these inf- this information is really there for you to have in your utility belt. Um, should you need it? And also there are other ways to go about this stuff. You know, there's, there's actually really great strategies for making these foods taste good. If you wanted to eat them or, uh, like desiccated liver from perfect supplements, for example, something that we've been using for a while and you can get, you guys can check that out It's perfectsupplementscom forward slash model. That's perfectsupplementscom forward slash model, the desiccated liver there. She just shared. And this, again, this is the concentrated bioavailable form of these nutrients you really can't find in any other ratio and in a way that your body can recognize as it is in these organ meats. So it's just something to consider. Mm-hmm. And if you're like, eh, it's not my cup of tea, let's move on, you know, <laughs> well, to the next know, thing, you know, up. but yeah. it's all right. It's just about having these things in your open utility your belt. And I'm so yeah. glad she brought this up, which is this is all about respecting our lineage, respecting mm-hmm. our heritage, respecting where we come from and the processes that uh, have gotten lost in, in a big way today. And how can we retrace those steps a little bit and make it our own? And so like we had Katie Bowman on the show recently and talking about how uh, movement, how we can incorporate more movement in our eating practices, you know, actually walking to the store to get your food or uh, maybe grating the cinnamon instead of like buying it already powdered, you know, like just some, Mm -hmm. some action Mm -hmm. steps to get more involved in your eating. It doesn't mean you have to take away all convenience. All right. Sometimes I just want, I want to kick back and have that food delivered to me, you know, but Other times, you know, the majority of the time, I want to do something to interact with the meal that I'm about to eat because it's a sacred process.
0: Well, that will make it more convenient because you'll be more vibrant and approach it with more energy and vigor. Yeah. So,
2: hey, let's great And, and if you cinnamon. have that, like, <laughs> mindset, too, and you've got kids that are, you know, four, five, six, they can do something in the kitchen. They can, you know, wash the mushrooms. Uh, sometimes they can pe- peel the carrots. But kids at that age are, like, sponges they want to do what adults do and um th- and it just makes it so much more exciting for them when they actually get those ve- particularly vegetables because that's often a challenge um and if they if they've played a role in the kitchen and making it it's going to be a lot easier to get them to eat it Absolutely. awesome
1: well let's move on to another important topic here in your book and uh this is something that really jumped out for me and something that I'm very very interested in and passionate about and it's something in this chapter you uh, it focuses on the intelligent gene, the intelligent gene. So what are you wanting people to learn from this chapter?
2: Yeah. so the the concept there is that your DNA is actually, Listening for instructions on what to do, what what is going on in the outside world, and you tell it what's going on. You tell it how healthy the world is. You tell it whether or not it's a good time to to grow, particularly you know in, in early childhood, uh, a, a more muscular or a taller person by how much protein and how much calcium that that child gets as they're growing. And older, you know, when you're older, the same um, chemical signals will tell your body, okay, so yeah, we can still grow bone here because we're getting plenty of vitamin D. We're still getting plenty of calcium. So that's what the whole field of epigenetics um, really kind of helps uh, us understand more in more uh, scientific detail is exactly what is that intercourse, that connection between the, the food that we eat and the decisions that the DNA inside every single one of our cells makes, is it going to express the protein for a building bone or not? And it depends directly on actions that we take. And so that we think, uh, you know, when I went to medical school, what I learned was that your genes are really set in stone. And if you're going to be tall, it's, you're going to be tall. If you're going to get heart disease or cancer, you're going to get heart disease or cancer. There's nothing that you can do about it. It's like preordained almost, but that is entirely not true. There's so much more control you can take, um, with your diet. And, one of the uh, delightful things that I got to do while I was working with the Lakers was work with Jeremy Lin, who uh, is a Chinese player who actually grew about six inches taller than his dad. And his mom wasn't very tall either. And he told me a story that when he was little, he wanted to grow tall. He he just wanted to be big. And he said, Mom, what can I do? I want to be big. And his mom said, well, drink a lot of milk, have a lot of protein. And he read up on some stuff himself. And he took some calcium supplements for extra calcium. And I have to believe that with that, you know, N of one experiment, that that is a big reason why Jeremy Lin is so much taller than his parents. So, you know, he biohacked himself as a kid.
1: Wow, that's so interesting. And you see this
2: determination.
0: We all
1: have yeah. a, a genetic um, ideal blueprint, you know, that we have this potential to be so many different versions of what we are, but there is a greatest version of ourselves, you know, and a lot of this, though, is is really played out when you're younger, but there are so many factors that are still available no matter where you are on this kind of lifeline uh, lifespan right now. Um, you can do a lot of things to basically, you know, we talk about epigenetics, nutrigenomics, just looking at how each single morsel of food that you eat impacts your genetic expression for either uh some change in your skin health or 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 the taking away of something with your skin health your bones you know so this happened to me i had uh this degenerative bone disease diagnosis at 20 and i broke my hip my bones were already deteriorating breaking down when i was 15 i broke my hip at track practice just running right and um you know Spoiler alert, everybody. You know, I got a lot better. But the bottom line was this was a genetic printout of what was happening. I was so deficient in so many things. My genes couldn't express uh, uh, character traits for for good health. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's amazing I made it that far because, I mean, I'm not kidding. I was on the like the fast food diet, hardcore Twinkies, Chocodiles. Right. The chocolate Twinkies. What do you know about that? Um, huh? I'm aware. Two for, sadly, two for a dollar honey buns. I mean, I was two for a dollar everything. Uh-huh. Two for a dollar apple pies. <laughs> right. right? Uh, the the ninety nine cent cheeseburgers. Oh, my goodness. You that I, I, But it's so crazy how right frugal. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so amazing how. Res, first of all, I want to point this out, how resilient mm-hmm. the human body is Absolutely. because I made it eating that stuff like mm-hmm. that speaks to our res, resiliency. However, what about optimal? What about vitality? I was lacking that. Mm -hmm. That's what I was lacking. And that's what you get from eating these real foods and following what uh, Dr. Kate Shanahan is sharing with really tapping into our ancestral Mm -hmm. nutrition Mm -hmm. and incorporating these things on a regular basis for a higher genetic expression.
0: It's like this game they do where they bring in a box of different materials, whether it's bolts and random things, recycled things. And they set it down and say, well, here, create something from it. Well, we're kind of coming in with a box of potential with all the materials there. But how it's constructed will determine what kind of end product, what kind of great creation you'll have at the end and how you assemble and put the things together and manipulate those tools properly so yeah, that's it's a good it's analogy. It's kind of like
2: we are, you know, our DNA is the blueprint and then the food that we get is the raw materials. And one of my least favorite foods, one of the, one of the things that I tell everybody that they should avoid, right. In this, um, era of, uh, gluten intolerance, a lot of people focus on that, but you know, uh, something about 1% of our caloric intake comes from gluten, but uh, the average American gets about 30 to 50% of their caloric intake from these, uh, fats called that come from vegetable oils. Mm -hmm. And these vegetable oils are refined polyunsaturated fats. And what that does is that means that they are deformed fats that are prone to oxidation. And so when you mentioned that you have like this kit bag of, you know, here, what can I build this body out of? It is these vegetable oils um, get into our bodies. Our body has no defense mechanism against them. We cannot screen them out like we can with some other toxins. We have a very difficult time our liver has a very difficult time um, getting rid of them. So what happens is that our essentially they show up at our cells, and the foreman at the construction site and the cell says, okay, I was expecting uh, you know, concrete blocks here, and you gave me styrofoam balls right. mm-hmm. that is not gonna fly. And the 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 delivery guy says, you know, what? It's what I got. I'm sorry. Make mm-hmm. make do. And that's what happens, and particularly mm-hmm. in our brain when our cells have to make do out of these styrofoam balls instead of the solid bricks that our brain is supposed to be made out of, it drastically affects the kind of uh, brain cell, how the brain cells will work, how they will develop, how they will grow. And um, I really think that this Consumption of vegetable oils is an overlooked environmental cause of a lot of learning disorders, including um, you know, autism, which is maybe one of the scariest. Oh, man. Yeah.
1: That's you know what? This is so important because today, more than you just said it, 30 to 50 percent. That's a huge ratio of people's diets that they're consuming. This it's a waste product, right? This these vegeta- so-called vegetable oils. So what do we need to do about this? And. You know, so before we get to that part, there's one. Well, actually, let's just dive in and kind of break this whole thing down. So instead of instead of the vegetable oils, uh, which we know that I guess they get integrated into our cellular matrix, you know, like your body is like you just said, it's using these lower quality quality materials to make you What, what what do we need to do instead?
2: So the, to avoid those we have to read ingredients. Um because they will the, the food manufacturers love this stuff because it acts like a preservative, it acts uh like um they it, it can play with it. You know, it's a chemical really. They can use it like they use petroleum to make plastics. They can change the texture of our food. Mm-hmm. They use it to preserve the food. So you have to look at everything, particularly salad dressings and dips, yeah. um, ready-made foods, popcorn, the, um, microwave popcorn, I mean, because the, the, the butter-like substance. Um, so that's how you get it out of your diet. And what do you do instead? Well, this is where it's like, uh, the good news. Uh, mm-hmm. the bad news is it's those vegetable oils are in a lot of stuff. We even, uh, got some dried blueberries and looked at the ingredients and what do you know, vegetable oil was a coating because it works as an antifungal too. It's how deadly it is. Um, but, um, uh, the natural fats that we have been eating all along are delicious. So that means you get butter, you get coconut oil, you get Um, sesame oil, if you like, um, Asian cooking, peanut oil, peanut oil is a lot of people have a lot of questions about that. So I do go into some detail in our book explaining, you know, how to get good peanut oil. Um, and avocado oil is another example, um, ghee, um, and then the, the traditional restaurant, restaurant fats. If you can find a restaurant that uses a traditional fat, Um, they are a blessing in your neighborhood and the traditional fats that restaurants used to use for their fryers was like tallow and even lard. Um, and, in uh, when we lived in Tucson, the tortillas were made with the traditional fat there, which was lard. Um, and, and so that's like, like the, the good news is that yes, you can have these natural fats because when, uh, one of the big things that I learned when I went through my revolution and understanding what causes health and what health is and how to create it and what causes disease was that we got it all wrong with fats. And it was never saturated fats and butter that clogged our arteries. It was always these polyunsaturated fats. And I just did a blog post on how how we were kind of tricked um, by, a, a scientist named Ansel Keys into believing that, um, butter and eggs and those kind of natural saturated fats were clogging our arteries. When in his experiments, he used margarine, which is hydrogenated vegetable oil. And it's, it's, it is a solid fat and he called it saturated fat. Um, and there were saturated fat molecules in there, but it was not butter. Like he was kind of misleading everybody okay. to believe. So there was never any reason to believe that these fats, uh, natural fats that nature makes have any health bad health outcomes whatsoever. Mm. Um, and we've done a lot of, you know, confusing things, confusing ourselves with statistics to convince ourselves that, yeah, um, these fats are bad, but it's all statistical manipulation and, and chemical, um, obfuscation of the truth and that's another thing that i go into in in our book because it's a huge huge point of confusion in our society now and there's like these two uh it's like a sports game like there's people who are pro natural fat and there's people who are anti-natural fat particularly anti animal fat and they're like always fighting each other and i really want us to make our peace because Uh, The casualty of this war is our health and our children's future. And we've got to understand what the truth is. So I I do go into quite a a good deal of the background, how we got mixed up um, in uh, deep nutrition. I'm glad
0: you have that as a resource, because as we go out and crusade and evangelize and folks say, well, we've been doing this and that for years. And this is what we were told. We have the resource there to counteract that and support
1: Exactly. And the, one other thing that I want you to touch on really, really quickly is, uh, so vegetable oils is one of the major things you say to stay away from. Uh, yes. The other one is excess carbohydrates. Right. So why is that?
2: Because our, our body knows uh, carbohydrates are converted into sugar by the digestive system. So they can... Starchy foods can raise our blood sugar and sweet foods can raise our blood sugar and our body knows sugar is toxic It's toxic because it's sticky. So it needs to regulate it very carefully. We do need some sugar, but we really need to know uh, We need to keep the amount that we eat under control um, And our you know, our body has all these hormones to keep our blood sugar under control that we can kind of uh, mess up if we eat mm-hmm. way too much starchy food yeah. and so Yes, we do get to have some fruits. We do get to have some potatoes or beans or rice or whatever starchy food you like. But, uh, you know, we don't have to do a zero carb diet to be healthy. But um, we do have to be careful because in our in America, we produce way too much starch because it's so easily mechanized and it's flooded our grocery stores so that, you know, most of the foods in our grocery stores are, are very starchy and or made out of these vegetable oils, easily 80% of a person's caloric intake can come from just these two compounds. And you mentioned an experiment. We're all part of an experiment. That is the experiment. What happens when you eat these two foods that are the cheapest, uh, these two kind of ingredients that are, that also are the cheapest to produce and give us, you know, these really ch- flood the market with these super cheap foods?
1: Yeah. Um, um, you know what? So we got... Now, I'm just kind of wrapping my mind around this, and it's, it's just really a, a sad state of affairs. But mm-hmm. at the same time, all of these negative thoughts that I might carry, they're carried by a more empowering thought, and that we are changing that right now.
0: Yeah. Yes. And thank you.
1: this excess carbohydrates, and she just kind of put it right there in black and white, it, they get converted into glucose in your body, whether it's from strawberries or from strawberry now and laters. Right. <laughs> but of course, the strawberry is going to come with micronutrients and, and um, uh, enzymes and all this other good stuff. Minerals, vitamins, trace minerals, that kind of good stuff. However, and real flavor. So you're, fl- you're not flavor. like
2: hijacking those taste buds.
1: Exactly. But it, mm. it's still going to end up as glucose in your body. So you can still overdo it. It's much harder to overdo with berries than with sweet potatoes or with, you know, rice and beans and things right. like that. And there are ways we can go about doing this smart. It's not that we can't have those things to be incredibly healthy. It's putting them in the right spot. And also uh, practices like, what about sprouting beans and, and and even rice and things like that, soaking them? What about that?
2: That is actually, in pillar number two, it's fermented and sprouted. It's a two compartment pillar. Yeah. And um, the sprouting process helps to reduce the carbohydrate count a little bit because if you wanna make bread from wheat, um, you can pulverize it into a powder and all the starch that was in the, in the wheat seed is gonna be in your bread or you can first germinate it a little bit and the enzymes in the seed will wake up and start to grow uh, a little baby uh, uh, wheat plant. And in the process, it burns through some of that storage starch and creates new nutrients like vitamins and fiber and Mm -hmm. amino acids and stuff like this. So that sprouted grain bread has about 10% less starch and that much more of a variety of nutrients. You can sprout anything. You can sprout nuts, seeds. You can sprout any seed. You can do that with beans. So we've even done it with split peas where you kind of soak them for a couple of days and they get just a tiny, tiny little rootlet. And then, you know, it's done. You're not turning it into a sprout. You're not going to be eating sprout soup. You're going to be eating, you know, split pea soup, but mm-hmm. um, it'll just be a little bit more healthy than it would have been if right. you do that first. And so, it really makes the flavor much, uh, really kind of interesting.
1: Right. More, complex. more nutritious and more digestible as well, because we're getting rid of some of the, you know, the phytates, lectins, things like that. Some of the anti-nutrients. Absolutely. Yet. Anti-nutrients. So this is something, if you are consuming those foods, uh, you definitely want to pay attention to that practice of soaking them and, or preferably sprouting them as well to make them healthier for you. Um, there's, a, again, humans have tried wait, to eat wait. a lot of stuff and some of these things, beans have been eaten a long, long time. So, um, you know, a little section of uh, the nutri- nutrition world that's making beans to be villains, like, they make you fart. They're the way- They're the worst. <laughs> Beans are the worst. What's the song? Um, beans, beans, beans. Beans good some, for your heart. What's there's another oh. one. It's like beans, beans. The immortal fruit. The more you eat, the more you put. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> Anyways, but like they see what they do. It's because of the the digestive <laughs> we capacity, of this song, right? This so it's it's doing the things to help <laughs> them to <laughs> to help to break down these anti nutrients to make them more digestible. But also these are sources of nutrition that have helped uh, civilizations live, right? So we have to pay attention again. What have we done historically? Twinkies are super new. Beans have been around a long time. You know, I'm not saying to go out and start jamming down <laughs> beans and lentils, but just be aware that there are long-lived cultures that consume these things, but they're doing this in a, in a little bit more of an intelligent fashion. So um, last thing, it's been so awesome having you on. Um, you talk about something called Beyond Calories, and I think it's a yep. good place to kind of close here for today. Uh, beyond Calories to achieve your ideal health and weight. So what do you mean by that, going Beyond Calories?
2: We want to get uh, rid of the idea that food is fuel because that gives you the Mistaken belief that, okay, well, you can just grab whatever kind of uh, food, whatever for calories, because you're just throwing it into the fire, right? It doesn't matter whether it was, uh, you know, coal or whether it was uh, like, a, you know, a fine antique chair or something like that. It, it doesn't matter. You're just going to burn it. But um, food is information. And so that's what we're talking about with Beyond Calories. So um, that is how we have this phenomenon where if you, uh, take cancer cells and you give them a lot of omega-6 fatty acids, the cancer cells, pile of cancer cells on the Petri dish there gets bigger. And if you give it a lot of omega-3, the pile of cancer cells on the Petri dish, you know, can actually disappear altogether. Um, so that is information. There's in- chemical information there that gets back to that other concept that we talk about, about your intelligent genes. Your The food is the information that is telling those intelligent genes what you're supposed to do. And an example of what our diet in this experiment that we've now been in uh for several generations that some children were born into what happens when your mother doesn't get enough protein well they've done studies in mice and they found where they kind of mimic that situation and they found that the babies born to the uh, mice mothers who did not get enough protein they were physically smaller they didn't have the same lean body mass and eating the same exact diet, they were more prone to putting on fat because the protein information had been missing and they did not get the instructions to, to develop the lean mat, the lean body parts, like the, the bone and the muscle. So they were just more fatty. And unfortunately, um, this is something that is also happening to children Uh, And there is actually, to the extent that there's a researcher in Louisiana who said that we now have a generation of children who who are genetically different and metabolically different because of this, and they are more prone to obesity, so it's going to be harder for them to uh, to avoid becoming overweight, but that makes it all the more important for them and for their parents to understand what a healthy human diet is and to try to really avoid the two big toxins, the oils and the sugars, and to get this diversity of diet and live a healthy lifestyle, including sleeping. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs>
1: Especially
2: that. <laughs> Nice awesome.
1: Intake. Yeah. And you, <laughs> yes. Of course, you talk about all these things in depth and there's so much great research in your book, wonderful studies. Um, and it's just I think it's this is this is an important book, really important book for people to check out. So can you let everybody know, first of all, where they can find the book? Because when this is coming out, uh, you got like a little um, pre-order a bonus that their people are getting. So can you let people know where they can find that and will they, where they'll be able to find the book?
2: Yes. Okay, great. Thank you. So, oh, I happen to have, uh, there's right the here. name you there's guys mess. have held that for <laughs> us. But, um, yeah, so I won't be able to hand it to everybody, but, um, go to my website, drkate.com, D R C A T E.com. No dot after doctor. And, um, uh, uh, until before the book is released, I'm running a promotion where if you, uh, buy the book and come back to the website, it's all links there. You actually get access, uh, for, uh, f- to a copy of, one of our books called "Food Rules: A Doctor's Guide to Healthy Eating," which is uh, what we hand out to all the Lakers players because it's uh, it's a really um, short uh, pieces of advice, one on each page uh, about you know real actionable things that you can do um, and understand, like almost like little sound bites. So you'll really enjoy that.
1: Perfect. So people can find the brand new edition of Deep Nutrition at drkate.com. And of course, uh, after the release date, it's going to be available everywhere books are sold. Uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all that good stuff. Uh, But definitely check it out. This should be in your library. This should be in your mind, body, and spirit, this information from Deep Nutrition. And the subtitle is Why Your Genes Need Traditional Food. And you also, limited time right now, when this comes out, head over to drkate.com and you can get that bonus as well. Dr. Kate, you are a gift and I appreciate you. I appreciate your personality and how we connect. And uh, I just, I'm really excited for you and just can't wait to see what you do next.
2: You're doing a great thing for everybody, Sean. I'm so happy that you do what you do. And I'm so happy that you had me on your show. It really was a pleasure.
1: Thank you so much. (laughs) The pleasure is all mine. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the show today. Today was about deep nutrition. You know, and this is a part, a fundamental part of who we are as human beings. You know, she said the words earlier, you are what you eat. And we know the stories, you know, there are more parts to that. But this is a fundamental part of reality. What you put into your body becomes who you are. You know, so that's very powerful and very sacred. So if there's anything that we can do today, it's to become more aware of what we're making ourselves out of. And making higher quality choices because you are a higher quality choice you know you are favored you are important and you are valuable and i would implore you today to treat yourself as such and also to bestow that upon your family as well and in love i think that food for me is love and to be able to share that with yourself and the people you care about is it's really a game changer so thank you so much for tuning in i hope that you got a lot of value out of this today take care have an amazing day and i'll talk with you soon and make sure for more after the show, you head over to TheSeanStevensonModel.com. That's where you can find the show notes. And if you've got any questions or comments, make sure to let me know. And please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and let everybody know that our show is awesome yeah. and you're loving it. Yeah. And I read all the comments, so please leave me a comment there. And take care, everybody. I promise to keep giving you more powerful,
0: empowering, great content to help transform your life. Take care.